I'm trying to be a billionaire. Okay. <laughs> Unless you're going to make the CEO of IBM, I got to go. All right. Cause I saw the money I was making in crypto and I knew this was the, ne the next internet. This was the future of money. But at the same time, I knew the average millionaire had seven sources of income. You only want to risk what you're willing to lose, right? Now, I had a huge appetite for investing. I bought my first Bitcoin and Ethereum in 2016, around October 2016, to a point where I became called the ICO king back in the day. And taking that same Moneyball approach, I will show you the origin story. On the same stage as Michelle Obama, I then helped my family buy a nice million dollar home. And that was one of the best gifts I could give to it. My parents were crying. I was just one of those really heartfelt moments because they knew how much it took to make that money back. It was not easy. Either we conquer or we die. Nothing in, in between. And I said, that's the mindset I had to have. I felt like I was on top of the world, but not everything that glitters is all gold. Then I got hacked. But in essence, I was literally broke. So I had to just take the ETH and begin investing. What did I invest in? We've made gains in the past. What, what about the future? What is the strategy? Well, this is a strategy. I want to help all of our customers and even our audience on YouTube make millions this coming crypto cycle. Hey, Tokenmetrics family. Welcome back again. I'm Ian Bellina, your host, and we have quite the video for you. So buckle down. This is going to be a deep dive on my origin story on how I made millions in crypto. I've talked about it on the channel at Tokenmetrics here and there, but I haven't really done a deep dive video on the origins of how I made millions in crypto. In today's video, I will do just that. So first off, for those of you who don't know, back in 2017, my story was I took 20 grand and turned out to over $5 million in less than one year, in less than 12 months in crypto, using a data-driven approach that was essentially the money ball of investing in token sales, ICOs, to a point where I became called the ICO king back in the day. And taking that same Moneyball approach, I will show you the origin story, where it all began. I haven't done this anywhere on YouTube, anywhere in the media, but I want to do this now because people have been asking for this and we're getting ready for the longest crypto bull run ever. So I want to show you how crypto can transform my life and how it can transform your life and how Tokenmetrics is here to help you go to the moon and beyond. So to kind of lay the outline, I'll start off with a quick intro. Then I'll tell you what happened before crypto. Who was Ian Blaine before crypto? Before you knew me as the CEO of Tokenmetrics. Then I'll tell you how I got into crypto, my crypto success story, the mistakes I've made in crypto, because guess what? Crypto is very volatile. It's a wild ride. And man, I've had 100 Xs, went back to zero, and had to bounce back. I'll go through that entire journey, and I'll show you how I bounced back. And then I'll also share the stories of other customers, because it's not just about me. The other customers at Tokenmetrics and their success stories and how we've transformed their lives. And then the most important thing of all, the strategies for making millions in the next bull run. Let's get into it. All right. So quick intro for those of you who are just joining here, and then we'll do a deep dive into who I am and my story. So I'm Ian Bellina, founder and CEO of Tokenmetrics and also a general partner at Tokenmetrics Ventures. Prior to doing Tokenmetrics, I've built over $3 million companies from the ground up, and I'll go through that in this presentation. And I've raised over $10 million in capital, all in crypto, for both the company, Tokenmetrics, and the fund. And as mentioned, back in 2017, I turned $20,000 to $5 million in less than 12 months. I've been featured on Bloomberg, CNBC, everywhere, pretty much. And prior to that, I was working for IBM as a technical sales engineer. And prior to that, I was a consultant at Deloitte in IT. And my background is as a computer engineer, both undergrad and grad school. But let's take a step back. Let's... Rewind, go back in time. Let's take you back to my undergrad. So I graduated 
to George Washington University, and I was one of the speakers of my class. I had the pleasure of being up on stage. I was nominated. We had tryouts. I was nominated and I ended up winning. I was selected to be one of the presenters for the engineering school. And I had the pleasure of being on the same stage as Michelle Obama and seeing her give our school's commencement speech. And basically, I was the person that did a speech and presentation on uh, James Clark, the founder of Clark Engineering. And here's a picture of me presenting uh, on, the, on, on the Capitol at my graduation. And this was no small feat. For me, it was something that was very, very sentimental because it shows even back then, uh, like even getting here, I had to really travel the road less traveled. Maybe that's a video for a different day. But in essence, this was me back in undergrad before crypto. And then straight after undergrad, I went straight to graduate school. So as a computer engineer, uh, basically I went to graduate school and undergrad. This is a picture of me graduating with fellow engineers. My official major was telecommunication networks and computers, but it was basically under the electrical engineering and, com and computer engineering department. And one of the things I really share about the origin story, about the grind, the hustle, the struggle. I stayed off campus. I lived with Af African parents. I was born in Kampala, Uganda came to the US when I was eight years old. Um, but basically I went to school on a merit scholarship because my family didn't have the finances to pay for a private school. Tuition was 50 grand a year back in 20, 2006 or 2010 and then grad school. So to save money, I commuted. I took the Metro every single day. I had class at 8 a.m. I would wake up at six. It took me 45 minutes to commute, assuming there's no traffic on the Metro, also known as the subway for those of you in other parts of the world and then 45 minutes back. So if I had school from eight to five, sometimes I would go to, to school, I would not come back until 9 p.m. And I would do this for five, sometimes six days a week for six years. So imagine that. And, but for me, why I like this story, the time on the Metro was very meditative. I would put on my big headphones. Back in the day, we had CD players or MP3 players, and I would listen to audiobooks. I went through so many audiobooks so quickly that I became just an encyclopedia of knowledge. I would read books on business, entrepreneurship, technology, startups, everything. And that's, this was the phase of my life where I learned the most. But guess what? I graduated and I officially went corporate. I got my first job. And this is where the Diary of a Made Man was born. The reason why this was called the Diary of a Made Man was I went literally from being in school on a scholarship, not having basically two pennies to rub together, Maybe some money here and there, like 10 to 20 bucks. But basically, I was a Brooke college student. I went from that to having a job at Deloitte, one of the most premier consulting companies in the world. I recall going through the interview process. They said it was harder to get into Deloitte than Harvard. And I said, wow. And it took me a while to get into Deloitte. I had to apply several times. But eventually, through a person I met in the D.C. area, I got referred to Deloitte. But I quickly learned consulting was not for me. The reason being is me, I'm very, very practical and efficient. And I noticed they were not rewarding me finishing my tasks on time. The earlier I finished something, I would still have to be there. Let's say I finish my work at noon. I'd have to be in the office up until five, six, because nobody would leave until the boss left. And I knew that was not the environment I wanted to be in because it came to a point where I was intentionally going slow to finish the work because in consulting, they build by the hour. So they want to build as many hours as possible, not have somebody finish something in two hours when they can charge eight hours. So while I was at Deloitte, I got an offer at IBM and I took it. So I switched over from consulting in IT to working as a technical sales engineer at IBM. And this is a picture of me at the IBM office at the headquarters in Armark, New York. This changed my life because this was 2013 and my job was fully remote. It was remote before remote was even a thing. And this is a picture of me traveling at IBM. This was part of our class. 
Uh, this was called the IBM Global Sales School or Global Sales Summit. But IBM took all their new hires all that they hired, those in sales, whether sales engineers or account execs, and would take them through professional training. Training for sales engineers would last one year long. So this was like an additional year of college, just learning how to sell and then also learning the IBM products. But this is where I learned really a lot about business and how a publicly traded company can operate at a very high level. But why all this made me the made man? Because I went from basically being a broke college student to having some money and even bought my first car. It was a Mercedes and man, I was feeling myself because I went from like nothing to being made. It's kind of like with the mafia. It's like I was officially knighted. I was officially a made man. But at the same time, I knew the average millionaire had seven sources of income. So I was hustling. I was looking for ways to make six figures. With IBM, I was, when I was going through global sales school, I was making about slightly less than six figures, but I wanted to always make money. I've always been a hustler since fourth grade. So the first thing I began doing were trading penny stocks. I said, you know what? I'm young. I got money. I can lose it now. And I began gambling essentially on penny stocks. I made some money here and there. I lost more than I made. To me, I was still young and I knew I could make it back. I bought a video camera and I began filming. I began filming as a hobby, creating videos. For over one year, I would just go and film stuff for free. Anybody that would ask me to film stuff, I did it. And then after one year of building up a portfolio, it came to a point where Miss DC asked me to become her videographer. And that was incredible because it allowed me to go to incredible events at DC with the Washington Redskins, the Washington Wizards, all these are professional sports teams in the DC metro area. I love that, helped build up my portfolio even more. But then I realized, okay, now I have to start thinking about this as business and making money. And there wasn't really much money in pageants or fashion shows. So I ended up pivoting to doing corporate video work. And that's where I began getting paid. So I began getting contracts on the side. And basically I was working my day job at IBM, Monday through Friday. And on a weekend, I'll go film a corporate event. And some events would pay me anywhere from two grand to the most I made uh, was six grand. I was making this on the side, but I always wanted more. I began doing Airbnb. So in essence, I had a place, a nice four bedroom place, but whenever I would travel with IBM, I would rent out rooms and sometimes even the whole place. And I made a lot of money. And to a point where I was making anywhere from three to four or five grand a month. This was back in 2013, 2014, way early before crypto. And then I also began doing Amazon FBA. I would private label items like CR2032 batteries from China or Alibaba, and I would sell them on Amazon and I would make some money. That would make me anywhere from a grand to the most I made was about three grand in a month. So I was doing all these side hustles. I was spending all these different plates at the same time. So while working my corporate job, but doing penny stock trading, doing video production on the side, doing Airbnb, uh, doing Amazon FBA, if there's a way to make money, I was grinding. And at the same time, I was also an entrepreneur. I was just living, grinding business 24-7. But I always loved the idea of taking something in your head and making it real. I always loved tech. As I mentioned, I was a computer engineer. So software was something I loved. I, I recall as a kid reading stories of Jeff Bezos, uh, Bill Gates, and the dot-com boom, right? I lived through that. So wanting to create a software company where you had the economies of scale and building a billion dollar business. Startups I did back in the day, this was in undergrad, I built an iPhone application called Luxima with a friend of mine. And this is the second version of it, but in, in that sense, it was a multilingual social dictionary. I think like urban dictionary, but for, for actual multilingual words. 
So people could just add words. The community was community driven. So it was user generated content. They would add words in different languages with images. And basically this was a way to kind of bring the community together to build a multilingual social dictionary. This didn't take off, but I learned a lot of skills. This is actually what helped me land my job at IBM because my boss said, Hey, you know what? You have a resume. Nobody else has. Nobody else has built an iPhone application and actually got some users with it. Everybody else was doing volunteer work or whatever, but you did something very unique. This is literally what helped me get the job. I didn't have the best grades. I mean, I had decent grades, but I didn't have the best grades. I didn't graduate magnum summa cum laude, but I was a hustler and my resume showed it. Then I also published a book. So I was doing all these freelancing side hustles, right? The video production and everything. And initially I began writing a blog on freelancing. Then after a while, I pretty much just compiled all the best work and put that into a book. And this book was self-published. It was called The Complete Freelancer Guide. Now, it's not the best book out there, but it was a good book for people who wanted to become freelancers. And then the next hustle, peer hustle. This hustle I was doing while I was working at IBM, and this was quite the hustle. In essence, it was an iPhone application that was designed to be the Uber for freelancers. It was an on-demand app. You would go on there, uh, search for freelancers or a particular skill, and you'd talk to them and you'd send them job offers. This never took off. I put in almost $100,000 of my own money that it never took off. Now, after all, I had to kind of just give up on the idea, but I learned a lot. I took everything I learned in Luxemo and put that into Peer Hustle. So while this did a lot better, it didn't quite become the next Uber of anything. But I learned a lot of skills about building a business, about taking something that's an idea and making it real. And while I was doing all of this, I was traveling. I felt like I was on top of the world. And speaking of travel, it seems like I had so many things going I was still one of the best employees at IBM. So this is an email I received from the general manager of IBM, North America and Latin America, basically inviting all the best employees in sales. I was a sales engineer to the Bahamas. In essence, it's called the IBM 100% club. For any salesperson that got over, that achieved over 100% of the sales quota and was nominated by their manager. So I got this email and they flew us, the best salespeople to the Bahamas to swim with dolphins. It was basically an all expense paid trip for the best employees as a way to reward their hard work. So literally I was doing all this and the side hustles and still had enough time to crush it with my day job. This is a picture of me kissing some dolphins <laughs> in the Bahamas. I literally felt like I was on top of the world and I love travel. Ever since I was a kid, I love travel. I traveled to the World Cup with my friend Ugo, went to Machu Picchu with a fellow coworker at IBM and even went to Tokyo, Japan where everything changed. Now I've been to Tokyo, what, three times? And to me, Tokyo and Japan is very, very sentimental. Uh, I'll let you know why. But before we do that, let's now talk about how I got into crypto. I bought my first Bitcoin and Ethereum in 2016, around October 2016. And this all came about when a friend of mine from my DC college days, he went to a different college in DC, but we were friends, said, hey, can you connect me with the blockchain team, Hyperledger team at IBM? And I said, why do you care? Right? I wanted to qualify this, this ask because I didn't know anybody. I was in sales doing IBM Watson and IBM Analytics. And he said, I'm a Bitcoin developer uh, and I'm, I'm trading Bitcoin. And I said, I thought Bitcoin was like Silk Road, Dark Web, a whole bunch of bad people. What are you doing? One, trading it and making money with it. And two, you're developing this. So he basically pulled my coat and tell me about Bitcoin and crypto. And that same week, I went to I went to, onto Coinbase and the, the mobile app and bought my first Bitcoin and my first Ethereum. Bitcoin was around 850 under 900. Ethereum was around eight, $9. Dollars. 
This was around October 2016, and the rest is history. You only want to risk what you're willing to lose, right? Now, I had a huge appetite for for investing, right? Because I was all about making money. I was already trading penny stocks, and I said, this is just the same thing. Might as well try this. I put in $100 into Bitcoin, $100 into Ethereum, and I because I knew I had to have skin in the game before I would want to really focus on something, right? It's, it's, hard, it's kind of like you don't see a red car until you buy a red car. Then everywhere you go, you're seeing a red car, right? So something you, you have ownership in, you have skin in the game in, you see a lot more. And I knew, okay, if I really wanted to dive down this rabbit hole, I had to have skin in the game. So I got my first Bitcoin and my first Ether, Ether just 100 bucks in each. Uh, but that allowed me to become more involved. So I began reading. First thing I do when I enter any new space, I go find the best books in that space. So at the time, uh, it was called Digital Gold and the Age of Cryptocurrency. So I found these books on Amazon and I devoured them over about three months. And after reading these two books, I said, wow, this is the future. This is the future of money. This is the next internet. Now, of course, nowadays, I wrote my own book called The Crypto Investing Guide. So anybody out there who's new in crypto, I recommend you find this book on Amazon and Audible. It has incredible reviews. But in essence, I wrote this book for those who are buying into crypto. But back then, this book was not around. The books I read were these. But now, the book I've written is more about investing and the analytics the process, how to think like our team and myself. I read these books and I said, wow, this is the future. As all that was happening, it was New Year's. I went to Tokyo with my friend Ugo and a coworker of mine at IBM. I was on top of the world, right? Literally, I was getting flown to the Bahamas for being one of the best employees uh, to a point I had pivoted over to sales because uh, they had even bigger commission checks than sales engineers. So I became an account exec. I was covering all of North America for IBM, North America Analytics. And I was on vacation. The thing is, because sales is very cutthroat, for those of you in sales who know, I went on vacation without telling my, my team. My boss knew I was on vacation. I picked them out in the company, but I didn't want them to know because one thing I learned in sales, there's a lot of politics and people are fighting over deals. So if they know you're on vacation, they try to take your deals. And that's what tried to happen. But in essence, I was at the Ritz Carlton Tokyo. It looks like this. Beautiful skyline view of Tokyo. My first time in Asia, for those of you who have not been to Asia or Tokyo, it's like going to a whole new planet, different culture. I was 60 floors up, skyline view of Tokyo, and I was in love. And my visa said I could stay for 90 days, but I realized, why am I going back up to 10 days? And that's when it dawned on me. It wasn't really about how much money I made, because no matter how much money I made, somebody else still controlled my time and my vacation days. And that's when I told myself, you know what? It's not about just making money. It's about being financially independent and financially free. And that's when I told myself, I'm going to go back and spend all of 2017 going all in on crypto. Because that was the fastest way to, I saw to make money. So I burned the boats. I literally burned the boats. This is an expression from uh, the famous uh, sailor and captain Hernan Cortez, uh, who basically took a very small army to Mexico and did the impossible. Lots of armies had gone to Mexico looking for gold. Bigger armies, much, much bigger armies, much like 10 times the size or whatever, looking for gold, and they all failed. He went with the, with the armies, the, the fraction of any army before, and they did the impossible by doing one thing. He looked at his men, and he burned the boats, and he said, either we conquer or we die. Nothing in, in between. And I said, that's the mindset I had to have for me to get financial freedom. So I had everything I was doing. I said, either... I told myself, by the end of the year, I'm going to quit my job. I'll be financially free, financially independent, no matter what. Even if I'm not, I'm going to quit the job regardless. So I knew I had to start saving money and start making money. So I had to play both defense and offense. 
And that's what I did. I, I took my car back. I got out of my, my nice four bedroom place, began living in my, in my parents' basement. And in that sense, I was making all this money, all these side hustles. And I took all that money or a good chunk of that money. And I put it into crypto to a point. I even stopped doing Amazon FBA. Uh, the reason I stopped all this because crypto was making me money passively. And specifically, 2017, I went all in on crypto. One of the first things I did when I got my first commission check with IBM was invest more into Ethereum because it was more undeveloped than Bitcoin. I got some Bitcoin, but especially Ethereum. And then the Ethereum Enterprise Alliance was announced. This was a huge announcement at the time. You had all these big corporate companies, Microsoft, JP Morgan, Intel, ING, Accenture, BP, BNY Mellon, UBS, Thomas Reuters. All these companies announced that they'll be building proof of concepts and stuff on Ethereum and being part of an alliance. And man, that price of Ethereum went up. This is a screenshot I recall at the time. Ethereum was 2.5 billion market cap, but it went up 240%, 240% in three months. I think it kept on going up even more, but that was the fastest money I had ever made in, in anything. And I said, if I'm gonna 80, 20 this and quit my job by the end of the year, I have to go all in on crypto. I can't be unfocused doing Amazon FBA, Airbnb or whatever. Airbnb, I kind of still did because I was still early back then, but I went all in. I was living and breathing crypto. I'd work nine to five IBM, six to midnight, sometimes till 3 a.m. on crypto. We had a mastermind group on Telegram. Basically, it was just a Telegram group. And this began as a WhatsApp group. Then crypto was mainly in Telegram. It was a Telegram group. We'll just share different stories in the news on crypto with my friends. And then we ended up going to our first crypto conference. This was Token Summit in New York City. And this was spring of 2017. And I met lots of people I was big followers of. Me and my friend Hen met uh, the OG YouTubers at Tai Zen and Leon Fu at the conference. Here's a picture of us at the conference. I also met my first ever crypto millionaires, people that had had success in crypto. And they shared their stories. We had drinks with them, uh, took them out for dinner, and learned the money they were making was mainly from ICOs, from getting in early. And at this conference, ended up investing in Xerox Protocol in their ICO, Civic in the ICO, uh, lots of projects pitched, even Tezos at the time pitched. So all these we met at this conference. And then I also began making content. I was making content at the time, but now I focused on content purely on crypto. I began sharing the stories of the people I met and the systems they were using to make money. And one of the videos I made on that went viral. This was back in 2017. It was called Making Millions with Initial Coin Offerings with ICOs. And that's when I kind of became getting well-known in the space. Because before I was making content on just other random stuff, Amazon FBA, Airbnb, basically side hustles. But my video on crypto blew up. Just the manner I broke it down and how it was just not obvious, but the methodical system and how it was possible is what helped me kind of go viral. And then the spreadsheet happened. Those of you who've been with me since the 2017 days, you know, in essence, I open sourced the spreadsheet, this ICO analytics spreadsheet I had. Basically, I took all the different data points I could find on token sales and try to crunch the data. Because I worked in analytics at IBM, and I said, okay, what are the analytics on token sales, on ICOs? And I was doing this via a live stream, and somebody said, hey, can you share this with us? We'd like to do the same thing. And I did. And next thing you know, the spreadsheet went viral. I would go through, and using this system, began rating ICOs, token sales, and basically created like a top 10 list. And when the first ICO came out, it did a 10X. The next one came out, did a 20X. And I was basically an unknown person. And people were like, what the hell is this? It was like, it was like crack, basically. <laughs> and then they began sharing this. And to a point all the way in 2018, at the peak, this spreadsheet was getting over a million unique visitors per month. It was wild. 
but to a point where I had to shut it down because the pressure was breaking and it, it was moving the market, right? Unfortunately. And you, you couldn't really share that much alpha publicly, openly, where everybody got 100. That was one of the sad things about it. But I learned a lot about that. And I began posting my portfolio like every single day on Blockfolio. In essence, I kind of made Blockfolio a thing because I was posting every single day. Here's a screenshot of my portfolio back then. So people saw me from 20 grand uh, and build this up and the projects I was investing in, the ICOs, the token sales. I was early, I was in a private sale of Chainlink. I was in uh, District Z uh, 0X, DNT, Civic, Aventus, that one ended up being a dud, <laughs> ZRX, ZRX Protocol. But people saw this and some days I would win, some days I would lose. But over time, if you zoomed out, they'll see the portfolio grow. Like here, it, it, portfolio had done a 10X. It had gone up almost 8% in one day. And then while I was doing all this, this was September, 2017. So it was three months away from when I wanted to quit my job at IBM. I was traveling in Boston on a client, I believe it was Staples or whatever. I was in a hotel room the night before I had to travel back to DC. And based on all this, the community had been asking me to launch a private group where they would get more value, more alpha. So I launched a Patreon. I launched a Patreon. I spent the whole night all burning the midnight oil. I launched it probably at like 3 a.m., right? Because I was grinding the whole time. 3 a.m., woke up the next day, and it had, it had sold out. And for my community, the followers on YouTube, the early OG followers, they had pledged over 40 grand per month. It, this was an early screenshot, but at the peak, it was like over 60 grand a month. And that same week, I went to my boss and I said, basically, this will be my last month. I am going all in on crypto. Because at this point, I had about a quarter of a million in crypto. And then when you add in the Patreon, I was like, why am I staying? Because I was missing out on deals not being full-time in crypto. And that same month I left, my bosses, my boss cannot believe it. My staff, my team, my colleagues cannot believe it. Here, here I was, a young black male in America making good money, making good money. Like I was making over 400 grand a year my last year in IBM. If you add in my side hustles, I was making almost half a million, right? not counting crypto. So I gave all this up. Young black man, under 30 years old. I said, you know what? No, thank you. They, they were fathom. They were flabbergasted. They said, there are people twice your age. They didn't say this, but they thought this. There are people twice your age that would kill for this. Why are you leaving? Why are you giving them something so good? Because for me, I was thinking, I'm trying to be a billionaire. Okay? <laughs> Unless you're going to make me a billion, uh, the CEO of IBM, I got to go. Because right? I saw the money I was making in crypto, and I knew this was the, ne the next internet. This was the future of money. So I knew I had to take this opportunity in the lifetime of the opportunity. Once I became full-time in crypto, I began giving talks. I was invited to give talks in New York City on ICOs and the Moneyball approach of investing in ICOs, token metrics. And then I officially became a millionaire. At the peak, I made over $5 million in crypto. This was twenty seven, end of 2017, uh, 2018. Uh, and the products that got me there, as you see here, Icon, ICX, that did over 100X. I got in at 12 cents. Here, here it is at 10 cents. It went to like $12. I, was, I made a killing on Ethereum. Here Ethereum is at $1,100. I got in under $10. That was 100X. Dragon Chain did at 80X. Wabi did over 100X. Aeon, Super Protocol, Power Ledger, Quantstamp. Like these were the glory days. And then from there, I went on a crypto world tour. Because I've always loved traveling. I traveled to 35 countries in 12 months. In essence, we were the traveling Shark Tank. We were going everywhere, 
finding products, finding alpha, hosting events. And here's me and my friends, uh, Ugo and Hen. This was us in Japan. Uh, and it all, it all came full circle. When I went, went back to Japan, we got invited there by a crypto company that also did pretty well. I didn't hold that long, only, only made a 10X. I did a 100X this cycle. Telcoin, the team invited us there, went to their offices, met the team, went to Paris, every single continent except Antarctica. I don't like the cold weather like that. <laughs> this is me speaking in Paris, France, in this beautiful palace hotel. I was invited to speak in Russia. There were over a thousand people. They gave me this beautiful Russian award or trophy. This was me in Hyderabad, India. Uh, this was my, our event, Diary of a Midline event. You can see Ran Nuna, Crypto Banter on the right, was one of the, the panel judges. And this is Sandeep, uh, one of the co-founders of Polygon, pitching. He ended up winning this, this event we held. And that's, this was, this was live streamed to over 6,000 people. This was August, 2018. We were traveling the world looking for alpha to share with our audience. Back then it was Diary of a Made Man. Now that audience is token metrics. And we did a report on this. And this is me. That same month, I traveled to San Francisco to the offices of Helium Network. And this is basically the Helium device before it launched. So I had a chance to talk to the COO, Frank Monk at the time and the team. And that's when I became bullish on Helium. So we were traveling the world trying to find that alpha and share that with our community and, and, and my Patreon back then. I felt like I was on top of the world, but not everything that glitters is all gold. Then I got hacked. This was quite the story. It basically took the air out in the, in the balloon, in the rocket ship. I lost over $2 million on a live stream. Literally, I was on a live stream. Not just live stream, but this is just some article from some website or blog. But I got hacked. I was on a live stream, and in essence, people said, oh, Ian, your wallets are getting hacked. Money's being drained. So then I noticed I couldn't log into my spreadsheet. So I immediately knew something was wrong. I had to log off the live stream. And after checking, I had lost over $2 million on the hack. And then the crypto bear market happened. So the prices tanked even more. And I didn't really have, so it, in essence, I made, I went from 20 grand to 5 million and literally lost it all, right? Because half of that got hacked. The other half I had put into my business, right? So in the bear market, I was building token metrics, uh, launching that from the ground. I put over $2 million in my own capital. And then the bear market let everything else crash. I had a few sponsorships via KuCoin or whatever, but even their token tanked. But in essence, I was literally broke. This humbled me a lot, but with the help of friends in our network, this company called Cypherblade is a blockchain investigation agency. They were able to make introductions to the FBI and the FBI helped out a lot. I mean, they helped out a lot. Shout out to them for everything, but they did the impossible. What I thought that was the impossible. You never hear stories like this, but for the first time I'm sharing this, it took more than three years, but I finally got part of the crypto that was stolen from me back thanks to the FBI. And they caught the hackers. We speculate there were about a group of three hackers. Two were already arrested, but we know one for sure. His name was Anthony Francis Falk. This is a letter that happened actually this year of him officially being charged and arrested because it was pending. COVID delayed things a lot uh, for, I think, over a year. But he finally now is in jail for three years, right? This is the public posting from the attorney's office in Northern California. A Pennsylvania resident sentenced to three years in prison for a role in, in conspiracy to, to defraud and extort crypto executives. Made approximately 20 million were stolen. And part of that was were my funds. So literally, I made 5 million, lost most of it, lost half of it. The market crashed. And the rest I had, I had to put into building token metrics. So literally, I was broke again.
in COVID, I was I went back to living in my parents' home during COVID, building token metrics. I put in so much money into it to a point we had about four weeks of runway. I said, guys, we have to launch. So I hit rock bottom. But for me, the reason why I was willing to bet all this, because for me, I've never been afraid to hit rock, bo rock bottom. Because rock bottom is literally me just being in my parents' home. <laughs> okay. And I know I still have some food. I got internet. I, I still had my mind. They had hacked my money, but they hadn't hacked my mind, my spirit, my knowledge, my experience. We ended up bouncing back again. But I, I took a second big L on Sparkster. Sparkster scammed me and lots of people in the community uh, to a point where the SEC even filed charges against them and me. And these charges were completely baseless. But because I was the face of Sparkster, because they won my pitch competition in Amsterdam back in 2018, that had about 600 people, right? Even though the community chose them as the winners because it was a community event, uh, I was the MC of the event. He lied to everybody, right? The CEO of Swagster lied to everybody, said they had a finished product, but the SEC came and charged them to repay back the $35 million. But in that process, I was a scapegoat. As a person who gave them the platform or had the audience and the live stream, they charged me. We're fighting back. We're still fighting back. I've issued my response, my world submission response on why they're wrong. Uh, this has not been cheap. The legal fees for fighting this are have been very, very expensive, but we know the SEC has been taking a lot of L's. Uh, recently, the SEC had to drop their claims against Ripple executives for XRP because they had no charge. It was completely BS. And I strongly believe the same thing with our charges. And that's why we're fighting this. We had the chance to settle. We said, hell no, we're gonna fight this all the way. And now everybody's saying that the SEC has over encroached and tried to expand their reach and do what's not legally right. And that's why we're, we're fighting this. And we're very confident that we will win. So all that, right? Making, going from zero to 5 million, getting hacked, uh, getting sued by the SEC, but guess what? We had to bounce back. So last bull run, once I got those funds back from the hack, it wasn't much because all the different tokens I had, the government had just sold them all to Ethereum, right? So I didn't get the, the chain link was sold, all these, other, all these other products were sold. So I had to just take the ETH and begin investing. What did I invest in? I invested in the best products Tokenmetrics had researched because I knew our research was the best and that's how I can make some money back. So guess what? I made over 400X on Helium Network, right? The same team I met in San Francisco, August, 2018, I knew they were gonna be, in my opinion, a no brainer. 400x. Here's a chart from Tokenmetrics showing if you had traded this, the money you would have made. But I didn't trade this. I just kept on buying. I bought at 10 cents, a dollar fifty, a ten. It went to fifty dollars. And guess what? I was mining it as well. I was making about six grand at the peak per month mining Helium Network. And the reason I was so confident was based on the Tokenmetrics research we shared with our customers in the bottom of a bear market. Then next up, I made a over 400x return on Polygon. Sandeep and his team. Now we met back in August, 2018 from traveling the world, from going to 35 countries in 12 months. Same thing. This is our, our chart on token metrics, but the reason why I knew Polygon was the one. I got in basically, it was under two cents a penny. I went to almost $3. I think like 270, 278. Typically we have our development team, our blockchain engineers go through and review projects each week at token metrics, right? So if they're going through five projects a week each, right? That's and we had two, so 10 projects a week. Over a month, over a year, 
I realized that out of all the products they had reviewed, our blockchain engineers were still actively following Polygon. But just during one-on-one -on -one calls with them, I realized they were building weekend projects on Polygon or Matic Network at the time. And I said, whoa, follow the developers. That's what the next trend is. So when I realized that, I knew this was the 100x ticket and it ended up being right. That's why I trust the research at Tokymetrics. And then NFTs happened. I made good money on board APIot clubs, Mutant from the airdrop, uh, ApeCoin airdrop, and Coda NFT airdrop. And this was my ape at the time. And ironically, the way I got into this, because when I was making money in the bull run, I began to diversify out of crypto and buy some art. And one of the best art people or art investors I knew here in Austin, this guy has like three Banksy's, I believe. So he's an art collector. And there were two brothers, they both bought a board ape. And I said, why are you guys buying this NFT? You guys are like traditional art people. Why are you buying this digital JPEG? And they told me they had seen the culture and everything. And this was the first time in crypto, they saw something that resembles traditional art in the sense of the culture and everything. And I said, this guy's got a lot of Banksy's and they collect a lot of art. The bank's art for six figures. If they're buying a board ape that same week, like the same way my friend told me to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, back in 2016, I went and bought this board ape. Now I had bought a lot of NFTs and honestly, none of them did pretty well, right? Except for this one. This was, this is when I learned in NFTs, it's like traditional art, blue chip investing matters, right? So when I was investing, when I began to diversify into art and I learned how, to, I was learning how to invest in art, you buy the blue chip artists, not just any artist, the blue chip artists. So I took that same approach to NFTs and I got the board ape. And that did pretty well. I bought it for like 62 ETH. I made over six figures on the ApeCoin alone, the airdrop, and then getting the mutant and then the coda. And this was a gift that kept on giving. And then I had mentioned I had invested over 2 million into token metrics, right? That's what made me, in essence, back to zero again, right? Because with the hack and everything, what I'm trying to tell you is you can always bounce back. For me, I knew building token metrics was something people needed, right? Not everybody can go out there who has the time to do the research. We wanted to build a platform where we could rate crypto assets and tell you which ones were bullish on, which ones were bearish on, right? Where's the upside? Where's the next 100X? Then I also wrote a book, Crypto Investing Guide, with me and my team, the research team. So this book is available on Amazon and also on Audible for anybody out there who wants to learn crypto investing. So when I got into crypto, there were books on crypto, but not necessarily crypto investing. Me and my team have written the, the Bible on crypto investing for a novice, even somebody who's intermediate on how to invest in crypto like we, we do, right? This book can help you find the Heliums, the Polygons, the ApeCoins, the NFTs. This is a book for you. And then I began kind of having this big bounce back. I was featured on the media again, CNBC, Bloomberg, for the work in tokenmetrics and everything we were doing. Uh, basically, crypto was back in full effect. But it's not just about making money. For me, it was about helping the people around me, the people I love, right? My family. So one of the things I had wanted to do before getting hacked in crypto and losing over 2 million was buy my family a home and basically fully pay it off. Now that I ended up making the money back, thanks to the FBI getting the funds back and then took my text for helping find those big wins, I then helped my family buy a nice million dollar home. And that was one of the best gifts I could give to it. My parents were crying. I was just one of those really heartfelt moments because they knew how much it took to make that money back. It was not easy. Then my brother, my older brother, right? I helped pay off his college loans. He's now fully debt-free, also paid off his car, and he was, he was basically set. And then I took care of myself. That same week, I ended up going to a dealership 
and bought a Rolls Royce, a black badge ghost. I thought about buying a Lambo. I know it's kind of funny, 100X, Moon Lambo, but for me, I wanted to keep it classy. And so I, I went to the dealership here in Austin and got a Rolls Royce ghost. And I drove it for a while. But after a while, I realized like, hey, you know what? It's not, it's, it's not for me. Well, it is, but then the bear market happened again. And I wanted to sell it after I got, I got it out of my system and put the money back into crypto, <laughs> ironically. But it's not just about my success stories of helping my family, my brother, uh, and myself. It's about the success stories of our customers here at Token Metrics. So I want to share it with you some success stories. This is just a hand selection. It's not everything, but hopefully they hit home. And let's begin with a big one. This is from somebody who was in our premium plan, part of the premium plan webinar. He's requested to keep his name anonymous, but let me read this email he sent. He said, would never have picked up Matic Polygon if it wasn't for you. One of my biggest percent wins. Wanted to get $500,000, but only got 80,000 as it was only on a wacky exchanges. Amazing how that $80,000 is nearly 10 million now. Appreciate the recommendation. Not financial advice. <laughs> but I mean, I love hearing stories like this. If you're a customer of ours, send us the stories, send them to uh, support at tokenmetrics.com. We love sharing wins like this. Here's a different one. This was three years ago. The other one was back May 15, 2021. Uh, this is from somebody that filled out a survey. He said, cost 600 pounds for a year, made 600 pounds a week since started using tokenmetrics. Next one from Joseph. I'm an alpha investor in the Tokenmetrics Venture Fund. I've made a lot of money with Tokenmetrics since mid-2020. I couldn't say enough good things about the team. Then we actually have two from the same person, different years. Uh, Dan says, this was two years ago. Above all the resources I've used, the best information that has helped me grow my portfolio 10x in one year is Tokenmetrics. And then a year again, one year later, I bought Matic at two cents when the only people in crypto that were talking about it uh, were Tokenmetrics. Over 100x my initial investment. Tokenmetrics has the best research and analysis available, and I trust them. We love hearing stories like this, but most important of all, we want to share the success with our customers even more. Okay, we've made gains in the past. What, what about the future, right? We're Mr. and Mrs. right now. What is the strategy? Well, this is a strategy. You can potentially find 100x coins with Tokenmetrics. The same way people have done it, our customers, you can find it on our platform and through our research. So our platform here, we use AI to go through and rate crypto assets and give them a grade. So we give them a grade of zero to 100% on how bullish they are and how likely they are to perform well. So obviously the higher the coin, like here, we've got a product with like 90%, 80%. This is how we find products like Casper in this cycle very early. Casper did 100X. Right? This is how you find products like Rollbit very early. This is how you find products like Canto very early. Canto did a 7x in the bear market. So this is available to our customers, especially our paid customers on their paid plan. But we also do have free accounts and we also have free trials. So we have this for both traders and long-term investors. But if you're looking for the next 100x coin, this is how you find it. Right? Because other platforms, they give you the analytics. You have to use your own shovel to find the alpha. We're spoon-fitting the alpha at Tokenmetrics. And then today, we just realized the new and improved Tokenmetrics indices. This is how you could potentially 10X your portfolio using the indices. The other testimony of customers 10Xing the portfolios, this is how you do it. The new and improved indices we're launching this week. So here's an example, right? So we're taking all the grades on Tokenmetrics and the AI is creating 
a portfolio, a basket of crypto assets that are fully diversified, right? So in this case, we've got this portfolio. This is the trader portfolio. So it, it will rebalance and update. Uh, but basically, it has Ether, Pepe, WorldCoin, AirTor, Fast Token, Blur, Aptos, and Hilo. But it's constantly changing. As the grades change, they update. But look at this portfolio, right? We've gone through and have done extensive backtesting on this to make sure this actually works. I know the last ones, they're kind of sniffy, but we, this is why we took a long time to work on these. And now we're displaying the actual backtest results, right? So this is the performance of Bitcoin in the last one year or so was in essence about 178% versus the market 146% and the backtest over 800%. This is what we're now launching to our customers. I'll do a deep dive video on this down the road, but if you just want to say, you know what, I, I just want to know what to buy in terms of crypto indices or crypto portfolio, the indices do that for you, for both the traders and also the long-term investors. And let's say, you know what, you want to know what Ian Billionaire is investing in or what Tokenmetrics is investing in. Show me what you actually have skin in the game in, not what you just talk about or analyze. And guess what? You can do that too. Anybody can find our portfolio for Tokenmetrics Ventures, the fund. This is publicly available online. If you just go to our website, ventures.tokenmetrics.com, click the menu, go to portfolio. All the portfolio holdings are there. When I told you I sold my Rolls Royce, guess what? I took the money, put it into the fund, all right? Because I wanted to double down on crypto at the bottom because I know, hey, I'll make it back. But in essence, I have skin in the game in the fund and all our investments, the public VC investments, they're public for anybody to see, right? And we can go there and see what the fund, token metrics, basically our LP customers are invested in. And let's say, you know what, you wanna do more DeFi, you want to passively invest in crypto. You can copy the alpha of other traders. So token metrics and myself, uh, were early contributors to an open source project called AstraDAO. It's basically an index marketplace. It's a platform for anybody to launch their own index fund. And this is what it looks like. Now it's in the process of relaunching on Arbitrum so that as opposed to Ethereum so that there are less gas fees and they'll also be launching a launchpad. But in essence, you can just come here, click invest and copy other investors portfolio. And Tokenmetrics Ventures, the fund has uh, several indices on here. So our fund will basically be doing different indices and everybody can just copy trade them. Even me, me myself, I plan to launch my own indices on there, right? So for instance, I shared some coins or tokens with our premium customers on the web on the weekly webinar. Guess what? If I create an index and as I'm investing or trading, anybody can come and invest in the same index I'm in and have whatever I'm investing in. So a platform I really, really like. Uh, disclosure, this is my largest holding. Very, very bullish on this. Uh, it's a low cap DGEN play under 5 million market cap or FTV. So super risky, but I think it's high risk, high reward. Uh, but I'm betting a lot on this. I want to give you all these ways uh, you can potentially find alpha in the next bull run. Whether it's copy trading, whether it's finding out what we're, we're investing in, or whether it's using our indices or our ratings. But there's a lot of opportunity to make millions this cycle. And the way you do that, you gotta subscribe. You gotta subscribe to Tokenmetrics. At this point, there is no reason not to, right? You've seen my story, 20 grand or 5 million, lost it all, made it back again. To show you that this is a repeatable process. This is science, part art, part science, but this is something anybody can do. If you have the time, the research, token metrics, you can do this. If you can read the book, read the book, Crypto Investing Guide, gives you the blueprint and also use our platform. And guess what? We have free trials for our paid plans for both the 
the advanced and premium plan. Premium plan has the most alpha. That's where we have a weekly webinar with myself where I go through the whole platform showing how to use it and finding alpha. Last week, we found a product that we think in 100X ended up buying it live on the webinar. So basically everybody can see everything I'm doing live on the webinar. Uh, and then we also have free accounts. If you can't afford it, get a free account, make some money with that, then use that to buy a paid plan. And guess what? We're giving you a coupon, a new coupon. This one is called 100X, because that's what it's about. 100X will give you 25% off any paid plans at Tokenmetrics. So if you just go to tokenmetrics.com, subscribe, put this at checkout, put in 100X, very simple, because you know what it's about, the 100X, get 25% off. And make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and put on notifications to get updates whenever we post new videos. But really, that's what it's about. That's my origin story. That's how I made millions in crypto, lost it all, and made it back again. And guess what? I want to help all of our customers and even our audience on YouTube make millions this coming crypto cycle. With that being said, the moon is not the limit to the moon and beyond. Thank you. Thank you for watching this video. If you enjoyed it, we have even more content for you at Tokyo Metrics. Get there using the link down below.